Hello, Four Sober Chicks podcast listeners. This is Dana, and I am joined by Heather, Lisa, and Meredith. We gather here from around the world to discuss all things related to alcohol addiction, sobriety, and various paths to recovery. We get real about the highs, the lows, and the amazing reality of living a sober life. This podcast is a creative collaboration by women, for women, and for anyone who supports women. everyone and I am happy to be here with my favorite coaches Heather Meredith and Lisa today we will be chatting about the social aspects of sobriety and recovery so what happens when we go out sober so who's going to be first for this one Heather do you want to talk about going out sober? Sure. You just back from vacation so I did I did I just got back from vacation and it's you know I many years in, I don't have a lot of like cravings anymore. I don't have like the, um, my life is pretty much balanced in my recovery. And so, you know, I've, I've, I'm past the point of like having to explain people. I feel comfortable. I recover out loud, but vacation is one of those things that really brings up those like, oh man, like, you know, vacation and drinking always went hand in hand and so um it's definitely like one of those times where I'm like ah I miss this I miss sitting by the pool with a cocktail I miss um you know having that kind of just fun time um but that's what I remember right I also came close to like considering divorce over a vacation because my husband and I were just fight. I was just ridiculous and like alcohol fueled all of it, you know? And so there's just as many bad times, right? So like, um, what I can say is that I go to bed earlier, you know, I get up earlier. Um, I actually not engaging in alcohol allows me to do things that I really love to do and I don't have to do it feeling fuzzy or hungover. Um, so, you know, we don't, we go to restaurants, maybe they have live music, but we don't hang out at the pool bar. So we've just kind of changed how we socialize. Um, we do coffee in the afternoon, you know, to kind of have like a special treat or whatever, you know, um, and I don't go on in situations that I can't get away from the drinking. So that's how I vacation. Like there was a time where I would be on a catamaran boat and we would, we drank as myself and the other people drank as much as we possibly could. I'm not going to go on that kind of boat um, with a bunch of people without kids with that same mindset, because I'm going to sit in a trapped environment, miserable just seeing like what I can't do. So I've definitely changed how I vacation in that respect. I make sure I have an exit. I make sure that um, I'm not going on a booze cruise. Like I'm going to do things that have other outlets, diving, snorkeling, um, places to go see so that, um, you know, 
I don't feel like I'm constantly missing out on something. And I think that's the key actually in sobriety for me all over is replacing alcohol with other things so that my life still feels full and fun and all of those things. And it took it some time, but it's something I still have to work on, you know, and still identify like, that's not a good idea for me to do X, Y, Z. You know, I don't need to be at the bar listening to music till two o'clock in the morning, like, unless I really love that band. Um, I would rather get up and dive. Was it one of you that said, you know, replace the FOMO with the JOMO? So replace the fear of missing out with the joy of missing out. Wasn't it you? It might have been me. I swear it was you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I now, that doesn't bother me that I'm not part of that because I go and do other things that I really absolutely love. Um, but it takes practice and it takes getting to know yourself again and it takes um I have a partner who does the same thing with me too you know like so I think that makes it I surround myself with people who have similar thoughts so um yes vacation is different now and I think it's okay to for some people who go well you know what if I'm invited to something and it's a big huge like girls weekend away or whatever and I'm newly sober like those situations you have to really check in with you with yourself and go am i ready am i ready because because putting yourself inserting yourself in those situations when you're not strong you're not feeling strong um that can be really dangerous so maybe this is when you're just going to have to sit out while you go through this transition in your life and then eventually you can go and partake in those things like i could go on a wine tour right now with friends and not drink i'm okay with that you know i'm two years now but it, it, you know, at the beginning, that was one of my fears. I was like, well, what if there's some big event going on? And there wasn't because of the pandemic. So that was kind of a, a good thing. But, you know, what if there's some big event going on and I can't go? Well, what if, you know, that's you're working on yourself right now. Yeah. And, you know, at the beginning, when I when I got sober, I kind of treated it like it was my job. It was number one priority. And when I looked at my entire life, I was like, just because I might have to not partake in every single thing for a, a short period of time, it is so worth it. I'm making a life-changing decision. So I might miss out on a couple little social events at the beginning, but it's worth it because if you jump into those when you're not fully ready or confident or don't have a plan, then it can be dangerous, you know? So knowing, checking in with yourself that way. But I, but I also think on the flip side, um, connecting with others is so important. You know, they say two of the biggest things when you're trying to get sober are joy and connection, finding joy and finding connection. We learn that through our recovery coaching um, certifications and getting out and doing things is so important, but you just have to be careful who you do them with, what you're gonna do, what you're comfortable with and have a plan ahead of time. Um, I am working with someone right now who is pulling back on the connection because she's, well, she wasn't sure why. And I said, let's dig into that. Let's figure out why are you holding back? And it really came down to she was afraid of what she was going to tell people or people are going to judge her or they were going to look at her, you know, strangely, or they were going to automatically assume all these different things. And so we dissected that and we came up with a plan like what to say um, if someone asks. And honestly, nine times out of 10, people aren't going to ask. At least that was my 
experience at the beginning. People are like, oh, you're not drinking tonight? Cool. And like, I'd be all ready to say, and this is why. And they'd be like off chatting with someone else. I'm like, but, but <laughs> I'm all ready. I'm ready. I can <laughs> tell you. <laughs> anyway, I had certain things that I would say for certain people. So for some people that knew me and knew my past, it wasn't, I didn't have to go into a lot of detail. It was like, yeah, taking a bit of an exit. You know, it was, it became time. Or for some people, you know, alcohol just didn't make me feel very good. Sometimes you can leave it as simple as that. You know, it just didn't leave me feeling great. I realized it was taking more than it was giving. Sometimes less is more. So really stopping before you go out and considering, okay, what am I going to say? Who's going to be there? And again, nine times out of 10, you may not even need it. Yeah. Um, one thing that I want to say with this is I 100% you know, when I first started my recovery, um, I did not want the question. I, I was like, if we're going to be hanging out with certain people, I was like, I would rather just kind of like you're saying, Lisa, I would rather just stay home, yeah. not have to talk about it because again, I felt like they were going to be like, well, why? Yeah. Like what, what's the big deal? Because if any of you guys or anyone listening were like me, there were a lot of people who knew that I was fun. Mm -hmm. They did not know how big of a problem I had. Yeah. And so the majority of my drinking was at home. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't getting completely plastered in front of my friends. I get that to this day. When we just launched our story, there were people that were like, I had no idea <laughs> that you struggled the way that you did, but a lot of struggles, the majority of struggles you do by yourself, they're not, you know, a hundred percent out in public where you're confessing and, and admitting that you have this huge problem. Yeah. Um, so that was why I pulled back is I didn't want to have to go into the fact that I was an addict. Whereas now I have no problem saying that, but I don't think that I use the word addict or an alcoholic mm -hmm. until I was like smooth, not smooth sailing on my recovery, but I was comfortable. I could talk about it. I didn't have triggers anymore. Um, and that timeline's different for everyone. That was probably about a year into it where I could really start to talk about it. And, um, one thing that I think is really important to know is you could, you make a choice to be sober. Every day, all three, all four of us are making a choice every single day that will never go away. Mm -hmm. But you also get to make a choice to set yourself up for success on where you go and who you hang out with. Yep. So in the beginning, if I knew that I was going or we were invited somewhere where I would be triggered, there would be a lot of pressure to drink. I didn't really want to talk about it. Maybe I could make that into a date night with my husband, you know, so you can make choices in your recovery as far as what situations you put yourself in. That's huge. Again, you're not going to have to really talk about it. You can get one more day under your belt without being tempted. Um, but I think it's really important to know that that's okay. Now I don't think seclusion is okay. I think that you have to be around the right people and the right circumstances. I do not think that you should lock yourself in a room and be like, I, this is what I have to do to stay sober. 
if that's the case, you do need to start working through, okay, let's say I went out with it. Like, and this is what I, I would play stuff out in my head all the time. Okay. I'm going to go out with this group of people. If they offer me a drink and I say, no, what, like I would literally walk and, and come up with things. Just like you said, Lisa, my best one that when I first started not drinking was I'm not drinking tonight. Okay. So yeah. just making it for that night was totally acceptable. People are yeah. like, Oh, okay. And it could even be like, I'm not feeling too hot. I'm just not going to drink tonight. That was literally my excuse totally. for the longest time. And there weren't a lot of people that questioned it. The question started to come when I was like, you know what? Alcohol and I, we just do not mesh well. So I actually haven't drank for six months and people are like, oh, okay. Well, are, are you going to drink again? Like ever or when, when are you going to stop this? Or that was when the question started to come out. And it's funny because my responses then were, honestly, alcohol just does not make me the person that I want to be. Yeah. And people could understand that. And now my answers can be a little bit more ballsy, if you will. I mean, there was someone, someone I know who quit drinking her, I believe it was her brother-in-law was like, okay, so I get you're doing this, but like, when are you going to stop? When are you going to actually have a drink again? And she was like, if I were addicted to heroin and I quit, <laughs> would you still be asking me when are you going to shoot up again? Like, yeah. but alcohol is so normalized mm -hmm. in our society that it's funny because it is a poison. It is ethanol. It is just like, um, and quit like a girl. It's stuff we put in our freaking cars. It is poison to our body. Just like heroin is poison to our body, but there is this stigma that if you're not drinking, you're not having fun. Yeah. You're not a fun person. Yeah. You're not doing all these things. So come, I would highly suggest coming up with a simple phrase that will take care of just that day. So like mine was, I just left it. I'm not drinking tonight. Mm -hmm. That was super simple for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Um, and then as you recover those sayings and those answers will totally change and evolve to where you're at in recovery. So true. I don't, I don't think I could have come out week one being like, so I quit drinking. I'm never going to drink again. Cause that scared the ever living shit out of me. Yeah. I was like, that is a huge commitment that I don't know how far I'm going to take this, but I know for today, this is where I'm at. Um, my sleep, if you think you get good sleep when you're shit-faced and drunk, mm -hmm. your body is getting the worst sleep of your life. You may pass out, but what your body is going through while you're sleeping is horrific, actually. Um, it is trying to play catch up all the time and it's never able to do that. Um, so my sleep after obviously getting everything out of my system, mm -hmm. probably detoxing, feeling like shit mm -hmm. for quite a while. 
um, the sleep went through the roof for me. I mean, now my sleep is the best it's ever been. And I'm like, holy cow. I was wondering why I was always sick all the time. Yeah. It was my body was just always trying to play catch up. You're not um, yourself to get into that REMS, that good deep sleep. Yeah, 100%. Stages of sleep where all the repair is done. You know, and when it comes to like a social situation, when you haven't had a lot of sleep and you're feeling overwhelmed and you're out there and all that stuff and you're exhausted, of course, it's just going to make things so much worse, right? So much harder, socially speaking. And you don't, well, make, you don't make good decisions. No, no for sure. Sleeping. And no. when it comes to Meredith, you mentioned there about addict and alcoholic. You, you never, you don't have to even use those words, you know, like you don't even have to identify with a label, you know, um, some people would say, well, they dig there, they're trying to pull out those names, you know, they're trying to dig out what's really going on. Um, and I would say, honestly, I was drinking more than I wanted to. I said that to a lot of people. And that I think I loved that one because it helped kind of, it gave enough information without like saying, anything that I wasn't comfortable with, you know, like it, and it, it was the truth. It was, I was drinking more than I wanted to. And then, and for some people I would tell them, but when it came time to me trying to pull back, I found it really hard. And no one can argue with that. Like a lot of people can't argue with that, whether they quote, feel they have a issue with it or not. Like if you want to pull it out of your life and you're used to doing it in every single social situation, you're going to have a hard time doing that. Right? So that's what I, that's what I told people. I was just drank more than I wanted to just yeah. drank more than I wanted to needed. You know, to I was, well, I was thinking about while you guys were all talking is like, I was trying to think about new sobriety and what I told people. I didn't really go out though. Yeah. Like, like you're talking about the sleep. Like I hibernated for quite a while and just reconnected with my family and like took care of myself. And if I did go out, it was with people I trusted because I was so fragile initially that I didn't like trust myself. I mean, when I first got back from rehab, I went to the bar like a couple of times to hang out, like to try to return to my normal life. And it was awful. It was so boring. It was so stressful for me. I quickly was like, I don't want to do that. That's not what I want to do. I'm really dedicated to this. And so then my whole world did become smaller, but it wasn't that I was isolating, it was that I was repairing and re, like, re-energizing and I was working on myself. And so um, the people, like I said, that I did go around, I trusted them, they knew my story. I didn't really have to explain myself. It wasn't until I was a year into it. And for me, which was different, I moved to a whole new area. I met all new people. And so I had a different kind of, I knew the groups I shouldn't be hanging out with. The people that I met and that were like, that gravitated towards me and that I attracted to myself didn't have issues with alcohol. And so when they said to them, I don't really drink, it was not a big deal. Mm. You know, like, this is also kind of the thing is like, where what does your social life look like now? Are you going to remove people? Are you going to change where you go? Are you going to support yourself with people that respect your recovery? You know, that also has a, a play in this conversation too. Well, and you have to, people have to understand too that the, 
loss of friendships will not always come from you either. I mean, I lost a lot of friends um, and that was not by my choice. They just quit calling. They quit wanting to hang out. They quit wanting. And, and we were I had the same really close. Yeah. The same. Um, but hindsight, it probably was not a good idea for me to be around them. Um, so you definitely have to assess who that group is, but you also have to understand that people will do that on their own. Um, and that I think in the beginning was one of the hardest things because, um, I, I took that real personal, um, where I was like, you're one of my friends and you can't even support me in what I am choosing to be better at, but it had nothing to do with me. Um, I, me being sober and me not drinking actually made other people uncomfortable, um, about their situation. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, uh, that's one of those other things. It has to come to that point where I was, I had to be okay with that. Um, but to not, not take it personally was huge. So, so how do you do that when it's a family member? Because I've had family members be not so nice in social situations at holidays at, you know, telling, telling me that I'm now boring that, you know, telling me, you know, that, okay, well, this will last six months or, you know, them being so uncomfortable. Well, I only drink this and I only drink that. And you should, you should be drinking right now. Like, how do you, how do you assess that situation? And how do you, I mean, do you remove yourself from family? Um, so I, I choose, again, I think it goes back to what we just said. Like, you've got to figure out who, who's going to help you through this. And you can't pick your family either. You know what I mean? So at the end of the day, I genuinely believe with every ounce of my soul that if someone is acting that way to you, it literally has nothing to do with you. It's everything to do with them. And And so, and I know that I was just wondering if like what, what, how you were seeing it as well, like, mm -hmm. because it's hard, right? I mean, it's really hard people, you you know, they're the, the core that you expect to, to find that support and that tribe. And, you know, when that doesn't happen, it's, it's hurtful. And while you can really understand that it has nothing to do with you and everything to do with them, it still doesn't, doesn't make it any easier. Yeah. It doesn't make it easy. Mm -mm. I just tend to like, so when I introduce myself to somebody, my first thing, like, you know, in in a professional setting or whatever, it's woman in recovery and then my job title and then wife, mom, you know, from there, because if I don't have my recovery, I don't have any of the other things, you know? And so sometimes I think in those situations, just to really remind yourself of why you're doing this and that this person may see you as unfun. This person might be telling you that you need to do this stuff, but that's their thing. Like mm-hmm. what you know in your heart of heart is that your relationship with alcohol was costing you more than it was worth. And, um, you know, so sometimes that's what I go back to, like that reality check of, you know, you may not think I'm fun, but you know what? Like 
my life is really good right now. And that's, I think it's amazing. And I think I'm fun and I, I'm, I'm living my best life right now. So I don't know what kind of fun you're talking about. <laughs> like, this is yeah. my, you know, this is my priority. Yep. And, and what, I've said, oh, sorry. what I've said in the past, uh, especially because there have been people that have said that to me. And I was like, you know what? I'm really sorry that my sobriety makes you feel that way. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, it really stinks for you. <laughs> um, it, it does. That's really sad to make someone feel that they have to bring someone down. Who's again, making really hard choices every day, yes. but those choices are worth every second of Absolutely. being sober. Um, so I just say, I'm like, I'm really sorry that you feel that way. That sucks <laughs> for, you. for you, not for me. And I'm really glad that you said that. And that's why I asked the question, you know, it wasn't just for myself, but it was for everybody else that's listening, right? Is, you know, it's a tough spot to be in and, you know, you, you've got to be strong in your recovery and strong in your sobriety to be able to come up against those situations. I mean, for me, when I was told that it was August, September, October, November, it was four months after I, I got sober. So it was a very vulnerable time for me. Yeah um to to hear those types of things from family members um and unfortunately it has distanced me distanced mm -hmm. me from them right um because now i won't now i i just won't get close anymore because i feel that the respect and the trust is is gone and whether that was an uncomfortable thing my sobriety is uncomfortable for them it it still doesn't give people the right to treat people no. like that and i get it that it sometimes it's uncomfortable for other people and you don't know what to say if you don't know what to say don't say anything at all sure just, just let it go let and it there go. will i genuinely believe that there will come a time that those people because i've seen it happen time mm -hmm. and time again with me yep. at some point they will come to you and they will say i'm sorry mm. I doubt like whether it was, I doubted you, or I said that you weren't fun. Um, and that could be as simple as just a reach out message. But I, I do feel like the longer your recovery is, <laughs> if you are, I personally think you have to be bold, um, in your recovery. And I think that that helps, um, Absolutely. a lot of people. It gives you permission, are. not permission, mm -hmm. but it, it's, um, wow, you're doing this. Like I had yeah. that a couple of times, a couple of friends come up to me and go, what you're doing is really huge. And like, they looked at me differently and the, the respect I think went up and they mm -hmm. were like, holy, you don't have to like come here and get, you know, you don't have to numb yourself. You can get through tough times. I just went through something very challenging and I didn't have to drink didn't even actually cross my mind mm -hmm. you know and it was lovely to be able to do that you know and you know back to your point Mary like nobody knows how alcohol makes you feel mm -hmm. inside you know so people say oh my gosh you were so much fun you were this you were that and it's like yeah but you don't know all the other how I'd wake up at 3 a.m and I'd be like how did I even get to bed or you know right. what did I do where's this where's that or my, you know, all those questions, all that anxiety and the guilt and the shame and all this stuff, you know, you just saw fun, Lisa. <laughs> but that's you know, what our society wants you to believe is yeah. that's what alcohol does to you. It makes you a fun person that yeah. everyone loves yeah. and that you don't have real life shit. Yeah. Right. Like that's yeah. 
that's their selling point. And it's true. A lot of people, they like that, you know, like it, think about a social situation. They like it when, you know, when you ask somebody, Hey, how you doing? You wouldn't launch into, well, you know, actually, and you're like, I'm fine. How are you? You know, it's like, just keep it on the surface level. Happy, happy, happy. Like people are comfortable there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so oftentimes when you're in a social situation, this is why people don't pry because they actually don't want to dig too deep because it might open up a can of worms and they'll be stuck talking to you forever. <laughs> right. Which is, which is why like kind of is insane when we look at like, oh, I'm so sad that that part of my life is, is over. I'm so sad that the superficial, non-connecting, right? you know, just like top level life is over. Why? Why am I like the people in my life I have real connection with or, or even if it's some of the people that were in my life before, I'm able to engage in a real way with them and really kind of like, why do we romanticize this it's that Facebook world that I feel like we only show the best pictures mm -hmm. um and you know that's what you see that's the spectrum you see of somebody and that's what we kind of do and it lets people just kind of go about like everything's totally cool this person's totally fine yeah I definitely have um I before I had lots of friends but the quality wasn't there and it shifted. Now I have fewer friends, but the, the quality is there. Like it's real connections, it's real conversations. Yeah. Um, and it's bringing so much more meaning to my life because of it. It's, um, it does shift, but it shifts in a good way, for sure. As people have been listening to our podcast, I don't, I think we've all kind of talked about this, the, the people that have reached out and like sent private messages and, you know, responded to, my sharing of of my stuff and I, I think it's similar for you guys because we've talked about it it's been so endearing and I keep saying to them it's just like running down the street naked that's the way I feel like <laughs> you might have seen it you might not have seen it but you know like now I'm getting personal messages about it and um but I feel like it all boils down to you got people that are like that's so courageous you're doing awesome or people who want to point out your flaws so yes, I want to hang right? out with the camp that's like that's so courageous and that's amazing. And that's who I'm kind of speaking to. And I mean, it took me almost a year to put, not just a year, I came, I came out on Facebook that I was sober using, I don't guess that's not probably not the best way to say it, but I revealed <laughs> that I was sober on Facebook like four years in, you know, and I really, worried about it for a long time because you can't take it back yeah you know like you can't undo that it's out there and my Facebook is mixed it's got all kinds of people you know in there and I was just like and at the end of the day I was like you know what if somebody's going to sit in judgment of me and criticize me for being sober I don't want them in my life and how funny is that, that we feel that people judge us being sober, but when we were totally annihilated, no judgment. No judgment. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I like, you look at that, you're like, how, okay. It's so backwards. It, yeah. It's not even funny. Yeah. yeah. But I also numbed a lot of it. So my memory was a little bit more, I mean, I didn't, you know, I had like brownouts that was the term that I kind of learned recently you know things were hazy you know um 
I, I just surrounded myself with people who were doing just as ridiculous of, of stuff, you know? So you were in the same club of like, oh, you know what you did last night? Well, you know what you did, you know? So like you surrounded yourself with different people that kind of made it allowable. But you're absolutely right. Like I definitely didn't ever think twice about what I went and the carnage that I was creating, you know, mm -hmm. at the time. Right. Nope. I realized day one that if I didn't own it and be bold about it, it not that it wasn't going to work, but I was going to be second guessing stuff a lot. And that from that moment on of just being like, nope, I'm going to be bold. I'm going to be loud and kind of screw what everyone else thinks. I think that took my recovery to a whole different level. I, I just built that thicker foundation. There's so many bricks that you're going to lay in your early days of sobriety that will give you your rock solid foundation. Just, yeah. Motivation. It is how you live your life. It then will mold into other things. I mean, I, I am seeing my sobriety and the strength that I've gained from that touch on so many other different aspects of my life. Oh, yes. It's amazing, isn't it? I, I mean, just, just the amount of things that you would have never thought coming down your path you know, beforehand. I, I look mm -hmm. at myself like that too. I, there's the, the amount of things that were accomplished in the past 18 months in my yeah. life, I would have never dreamed of in a million years, <laughs> you know, for sure. Um, and that's what makes it all worth it. Right. And it may, and it makes it worth being loud and proud and, and putting it out there. And, um, I think it actually makes the social aspect even easier you know, um, once you're loud and proud because then people just stop bugging you, you yep. know, and they see that you're, you're serious about it, that this is a serious life change, life change. And, and you know, that this is what you're about. Mm -hmm. 100%. Yep. Well, I think this is awesome. I know, I know. And I, I wish we could keep talking, but I know we're on a deadline here a little bit. <laughs> So um, thank you everybody for sharing and um, I hope our audience got some good nuggets out of that today and um, I look forward to our next episode. Yeah. So thank you. Yay. Thank you ladies. Thank Bye you. Guys. Again. Bye. 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 Thanks so much for joining us today. We appreciate you and wish you the best on your sober adventures. For more information and details on upcoming episodes, check us out on YouTube or Instagram at 4SoberChicks. That's number 4SoberChicks. We welcome your feedback and look forward to being with you on the next episode.